Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Gabriel Devine coming to you live on July 4th. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to everyone out there listening to Wrestling with the Locals. We just want to let everybody know that uh, we appreciate your support. We are coming up on the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of Wrestling with the Locals, and hopefully this year we can kick it off with a bang. Uh, we're going to take this week off, and what we're going to do, that's why you're hearing just my voice and not Titanic's as well. You're just hearing my voice right now as uh, it is the 4th of July week, uh, and I'm recording this on July 4th, sitting here at the Cajun Lounge, getting ready to uh, hit the road uh, with my family this weekend. Carl's got some things going on, and we're all kind of going our own separate way for the holiday weekend, but you know, we didn't want to leave y'all hanging, so I'm I'm putting together a little bit of a uh, of a throwback here, and thought I'd let everybody know what we've got going on. We've had a uh, tremendous week, uh, a very tremendous Fourth of July week. It, it's it's in more ways than one. Our Independence Day, as we want a victory, uh, myself and my new wife Valerie, we want a huge victory in court on Tuesday. Uh, we now have full custody of my sons and, and no longer have to worry about those issues there. So just wanted to share that with everyone, let everyone know where we were with that because everybody is aware of my situation with uh, my boys, Riley and Brantley, or Blade and Bane, as I've notified, notif- notably called them as of late on the show. But um, Carl is uh, working today on his, uh, his real job, and I am... Uh, sitting at the house with the boys and i've got my my three little ones the two older ones went with nana out of town for the night uh they'll be back tomorrow val and i will be loading everyone up and we will be leaving out as soon as uh everything's done we will be on the way to new orleans louisiana i'm going home for a little bit gonna go enjoy some time at home uh need the time away uh, after the victory this week and celebrating the weekend or the celebrating holiday week but uh Anyway, uh, all my rambling aside, we just want to tell everyone thank you for the continued support of Wrestling with the Locals. It's been a year-long venture. Uh, I took some time away from it, and me and Carl had some technical difficulties between laptops and financial issues with, you know, jobs and our health, and just, you know, we're getting on up in years. He's 40, I'm 30, and uh, I've got, you know, spinal stenosis, deteriorating disc disease, congenital disc disease, whatever they call that crap. I've got several things wrong with my neck and lower back. He's got some health issues that uh, he had to face. and I've got some others uh, that I need to face again soon that you know, I'll be getting tested for soon as well. But uh, me and the children are here at the house. We're about to hunker down for a little bit. Mama gets off here soon. We'll be blowing up some fireworks and having some fun for the 4th of July, but I just want to wish everyone a happy Independence Day uh, to all of our veterans, to to anyone who has served in the past, and to anyone who serves now. Thank you for your service. I know Carl's dad was uh, in the Army. I had a grandfather who was in the Army, and I had a grandfather who was in the Navy. <coughs> I do apologize, um, but... We just want to thank all of our service members, men and women both, for for their duty. Uh, active, uh, you know, active military, non-active that have been veterans. Uh, thank uh, all the firefighters, police officers, EMTs, nurses, doctors that are having to work on the holidays. We thank you for your dedication to your craft and, and 
know, your willingness to work. But uh, anyway, we want to thank everybody and wish everybody a happy 4th of July. We, uh, this is going to be a throwback episode, and what you're about to hear is myself and Titanic doing an interview with the one and only, the new and show, Jerry Lynn, that will be attached to this. So uh, I hope you all enjoy the throwback. Uh, enjoy your 4th of July. Enjoy your weekend. Everyone be safe. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the show, please let us know, and we'll get it addressed. And if there's any topics or anybody you'd like to hear us interview on the future shows, just let us know. But uh, I'll be adding, I'll be adding everything in and getting it posted for you guys. And like I said, we hope everyone has a very happy Fourth of July, happy Independence Day. From wrestling with the locals, uh, on behalf of Titanic, I am Gabriel Divine. And uh, we'll be back with some new audio and some new uh, ass chewings next week after I get back with some tales from the road from uh, New Orleans. As we'll be down in uh, we'll be down in New Orleans uh, tomorrow afternoon, as a matter of fact. And I may even do some live feeds with everybody with the children. And if we run into anybody, any friends or anything down there, we may uh, do some live feeds on my page or on the Wrestling with the Locals page and share some photos and information. But we definitely are going to go have some some well-needed away time and some family time, and being back home will do us some good. So we hope everyone else is getting that time in right now. And happy 4th of July from Wrestling with the Locals. On behalf of Titanic, Gabriel Devine, and all of our families combined, we wish everyone a very happy and safe Independence Day. And thank you for your continued support as we approach the uh, one-year anniversary of Wrestling with the Locals. Thank you all very, very much. And we will see you next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I am Gabriel Devine. He is Titanic. And we have on the phone Mr. Jerry Lynn. Jerry, how are you doing? I am doing great. Doing great. We are so honored that you took time out to come on Wrestling with the Locals with us. It, it's just a huge honor, man. Thank you for coming on. The honor is all mine. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, I've been doing a little bit of homework on you today, and I noticed that you started in March of 1988. Yes. So, how did you get your start, and who was your first match? Um, well, I guess uh, I was, for a regular job, laying telephone cable underground, and a guy I was working with, we were working out together at a gym. And he found out about Brad Riggins was throwing together a camp at the last minute, offered a discount. So we jumped all over that. So I, I got took out a loan and went to Brad's camp, and that's how it all started. And then uh, um, worked quite a bit for Ed Sharkey, doing a bunch of indies. And uh, well, I guess I should go to the first match. The first match was a small independent doing a TV tape in Newark, Minnesota. And I, I did three matches that night, actually. On the first night I wrestled, the first match was a tag match against a team called the Terminators. And there was a couple of big balls back then. Everyone was big boys. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, needless to say, I was scared to death, but Made it through, survived, and then the second match was a six-man tag against this Derek Dukes, Steve Olsonowski, and Tom Zink. Well, I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I loved watching Tom Zink growing up. Yeah, very smooth wrestler. 
And the third match was against Tom Burton, a guy I went to camp with. So that was more of a, a little more uh, competitive match instead of just a squash match. Right. But then, you know, and, then, and then after that, then I started working a lot with Greg Sharkey, doing a bunch of indies around the Midwest. But did uh, some TVs for the old AWA for Burgania. Tom and I would go set up the ring, do a few squash matches, tear down the ring and bring it back. And then I did a couple... TVs for the WWF back then, also. Yeah, I noticed you wrestled for the AWA. Did who? Did, what was your name in the AWA? Uh, just Jerry Lynn. Okay, because I, I, gosh, I mean, it's been a long time. I used to watch the classic and everything, and and they, I guess they never showed you anything that I don't remember. Um, yeah, I could never think of a, a wacky gimmick or a good showbiz name. <laughs> my name. Well, I know. I, I know she. Uh, when did you come to Memphis? Um, well, what happened there was Ed Cherokee and Dennis Kalingo from out east did a combined couple combined shows in Minneapolis. And, uh, I always kept with me the VHS tapes and eight by tens and resumes because you never know. And uh, that's where I first met uh, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert at one of those shows. And I think I may have given him my info. I had to give him my info somehow because he called me up and asked me if uh, I'd want to come down and work in Memphis. So that was all because of Eddie. He, he, he's the one that got me down to the old USWA in Memphis. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I also noticed you, uh, yeah, like I said, I did some homework on you. Uh, I noticed you did you did some stuff in the WWF. Uh, then you went uh, you was in you went to Dallas and worked at Sportatorium. Yeah, that was like first I went to I think it was over the winter of ninety and ninety one. I was working for Memphis, and then uh, when I went so much in debt, I thought, okay, time to get a regular job again. And then the next winter, Eddie uh, Eddie Gilbert again called me up and. He knew about the feud I had with uh, X-Pac, well, he was Lightning Kid at the time. Right. And he called and asked if we'd want to you know, do our feud down there. And so I actually, they were using a lot of uh, Tennessee wrestlers. So I moved back to Nashville, and we would drive to Dallas every weekend and do the global TV. Was the uh, GWF uh, lightweight title, was that your... Uh... Your first, like, major title that you ever won? Yeah, you could say that. I had some titles on the Indies, but that was probably pretty much the, uh, you know, nationwide high-profile one. That's cool. Yeah, I was reading it, and I saw the, the Lightning Kid, and I was like, oh, wow, man. You know, this, you know, there's so much notable people that I, re I recognized and everything, and I was like, wow, you know. You know, a long time ago, you know, I remember when the world class was running, they went to GWF and all the other stuff. And I mean, there was a lot of good wrestling. I, started, I was like, man, I do, you know, remember him being around because I mean, growing up, I mean, I'm Channel 5, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, well, besides, it seems like everyone had gone through Memphis. There's a lot of stars that came out of uh, Global, also like Harlem Heat. And Raven was there when he was starting to howdy. And uh, I can't even remember all of them. Yeah, I remember when Raven he he was he was going back and forth to uh, Memphis and Dallas and Tom got Scotty, Scotty Flamingo. Flamingo. 
I've been hit in the head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I use that excuse all the time. <laughs> and it's legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, where did you go after you left Dallas? Uh, then, what happened there was I had, I had uh, broken my ankle just before going there. I started wrestling too soon. I didn't take enough time off for heal up. So the whole time working for Global, my ankle was bothering me really bad. So I just uh, went back to Minneapolis and let it heal up a little bit. And um, that's when uh, Sean and I started going to Japan quite a bit for this uh, Lucha style company. I think it was called Universal Pro. But uh, so we started going to Japan quite a bit for them. And then after that, you know, doing that and some injuries. And then I think uh, did that for a few years and then finally ended up in uh, WCW. And I, you know, I didn't know, but I just found out I was listening to a podcast with Tony Schiavone. <laughs> And that's how I found out. You was Mr. JL, JL, right? Yeah. I thought it was pretty obvious. <laughs> I never knew. Never, <laughs> ever knew. And I, I tried to ask, I asked my buddy here. I was like, hey, I got a question for you. And he goes, okay. I said, who was JL? And he goes, Jerry Lynn. I'm like, okay, well, I feel stupid. <laughs> uh, now I'll jokingly tell some fans, I'll say, no, that was Tucson Iger. Juju <laughs> Lager, but even you know, I thought you know the name was lame, but I, uh, you know, and I thought it was so obvious that it was me. So I run around in the ring yelling uh, uh, "Viva Mexico" and stuff like that to try and throw people off. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> now you got to you got to work with some guys, uh, and when you went to the WWF and you won you won the uh, live heavyweight title there, right? Yeah, it was in uh, my first TV in uh, Chicago against Crash Holly. So how was it? So what's it like working for the machine? Um, it's a job. <laughs> and, you know, for me, uh, the politics take all the fun out of it for me. So, you know, then it, it was just a job. It wasn't, I mean, you know, great. Some people have a great experience there. And for me, I didn't. Because right after I got there is when they bought WCW. So now they had twice as many guys as they needed. And uh, they had, I think it was about six months in, I was doing dark matches with guys getting trials, and I got one of those immediate shirts to get off. They said I'd be out, you know, I knew when I got hurt, I was very expendable because, you know, a lot of the guys that came from WCW were already big time superstars, you know. Right. And I was still trying to climb my way up the ladder. So when I got hurt, I knew I was very expendable. And sure enough, three months after I, my knee surgery, I got released. Oh, wow. It seems like they try to, they pretty much release everybody when they're down and hurt. Well, you know, look at it. Uh, well, it depends on how much money and time they've invested in you. Right. And if they really have you written in as one of their marquee players, you know. Because if you're not, you know, you're pretty much a toy. And when the toy is broke, bring on the new toy. See, when I was a kid, I just put super glue on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found out that was a lot easier to do instead of going to an emergency room and waiting three hours to get stitches. You know? 
Right. Now, the time that I really knew about you was in ECW. Uh Your matches with Rob Van Dam. Watched, uh, I'd watched a couple of the matches a while ago with you and Rob. One of them was at the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. I think that was y'all's last match to, against each other. Oh, that was the last pay-per-view for ECW, wasn't it? Guilty as charged. Was that where I was wearing the bicycle shirt? Yes. Yeah, I forgot to bring my kite, so I had to wear the, the Musketeers workout pants. <laughs> 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 and they were stripping around the waist, so I had this big black electrical tape and tape a bar around my waist so it could come down. <laughs> I've done that shit before. <laughs> I was wrestling in a match one night, and I changed. We had changed my we had changed gear. It was a we were doing. I was doing a tag team, and uh, I forgot my belt. And I was like, "Well, it'd be all right. I'll just pull my pants up real good and everything, and and snug them on the sides." Well, when I did, I took my first bump. The, I saw the button go flying up in the air, and I was like, "Oh man!" Oh, no. So then I had to try to figure out how I was going to keep my pants up. <laughs> Right. Yeah, the guys were like, "Come on, man, you're better than this. Come on!" I'm like, "I can't. My pants will fall off." You know what? Some wrestling trunks are smaller than underwear. You just took them off. (laughs) No, right. I did a I did a thing in the AAW in Chicago one time when I turned heel and uh, I was pretending like I couldn't wrestle because I was hurt, and I jumped the guy. I think it's Rashi. Rashi Brown. That's good. That's good shit right there. I know I was wrestling when I was wrestling for Moondog Spot. He said, uh, oh, we're going to have to do something. He said, your shorts always come down. And nobody wants to see your underwear. So I went out and I bought me a pair of boxers that had Winnie the Pooh on them. And I turned around, and when my shorts came down a little bit, he turned around. He, I got back in the back. He goes, "Damn, Winnie the Pooh, really?" I said, "The chicks out in the front row really liked it." <laughs> yeah, you gotta make it fun. If you ain't having fun, it ain't worth doing. Ain't that the truth? 
So how long was your tenure with ECW? I was there you got any funny stories or memories that you want to share? Oh, gosh. It was the ECW arena. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of those are funny. <laughs> right. I guess, I guess uh, I think the first time, I think it was Pensacola, Florida. It was the first time I was there. Was it Pensacola? Ah, oh, gosh. Anyway. Thank you. 
they got the golden circle, all right. Oh, yeah. I got the uh, you know, family and big brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. We were in Osceola, Arkansas, and uh, this guy come up to us, and he, he was a real big guy, okay? He's like, hey, is there any way I could propose to my girlfriend in the ring? So I go to the promoter, and I was like, hey, you know, dude wants to promote, he wants to, you know, propose to his girlfriend. He's like, yeah, let him do it. So we got his girlfriend in the ring and everything, and he goes to get in the ring. Yeah. Down goes his drawers. You what? see nothing but ass. His pants completely just fell right off. I think he didn't own a belt. No, he didn't own a belt. <laughs> and you would think as much booty he had, it would hold him up, but no. It fell all the way down, and, and me and a few of the guys that were in the ring, we couldn't help but turn around and just start laughing. Wow. And, and right. Oh no! Hold on now. He goes to hit down one knee. Now you remember when you're a kid, you go to put a quarter in those little machines, and you you turn them, and a little plastic ball comes out, and it has a little ring or something in it. Yep. yep. Well, they pulled out the little ball, <laughs> and he proposed to her with a, a, a toy ring. I swear to God. No, it wasn't real. Oh, oh, no. I'm sitting there holding the microphone in front of him. He, he looks at you would have swore it down. He was trying to be macho man because he turned around. He goes, baby, this is the best, been the best two weeks of my life. Will you marry me? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> best two weeks of his life. He just signed up for a couple years of hell. <laughs> oh. That was hilarious. Yeah, she did. Oh, you think any respectable woman would have, if they were proposed with a toy ring, would have flat out said no? Well, I don't think she was all there, and, you know, and that's fine and dandy and stuff, but like about a week or two later, she came back and she wasn't with him. I was like, where's your man at? Oh, I got rid of him. He's so damn cheap. <laughs> I said, I figured you figured that out about two weeks ago. <laughs> no doubt, right? Yeah. So, uh, you ended up going uh, to TNA. Yeah. Uh, how was that? Well, it was fun. At first, I had, really, uh, had a lot of fun training with AJ Styles. Just doing uh, WCW tried that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
like, you know, I've heard, you know, Tony Giovanni has said, you know, you can't be the generic to the WWF because, I mean, no. it ain't going to work. No, so, you know, they had an opportunity to get the fans an alternative and something different than they controlled that road. I mean, TNA had a lot of good talent. I mean, you know, I mean, now most of them are in the WWE now. But they had Joe and Daniels, you, AJ, Elon Skipper, Loki. I mean, geez. I mean, it was a lot of good young talent. I mean, that, you know. Well, and instead of building up that talent to be their future star, they would always just hire WWE, whoever WWE would release. They'd jump on them and bring them in and use them as the top dogs instead of building up the stars who right. they want, you know. Yeah, I think about the only person, the only ones they really built up was <clears throat> was AJ and Samoa Joe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, out of all your matches, what's what's the one that you always remember that was the match? I can't pick just one. Well, let's pick a couple then. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, I I, I really enjoyed. Uh, some of the matches I had with Jeff Incredible and like I said Matt Storm and of course Rob and early in my career I enjoyed a lot of the matches and the feud that I had with uh, X-Pac when he was a late kid and you know a lot of the matches I had with AJ and Loki some of the three ways we had and um you know, one I, I always remember is uh, the match I had with Carino in LA at the ECW pay per view up there when I uh, used his blood for a little illustration on me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of matches. You know, even I've, I've said this before, even if it's uh, just a so called time filler match, I always try and come up with a, a moment in the match to give the fans something to remember instead of just, you know, in a generic time for the match, we're still trying to come up with something that'll uh, hopefully that'll stay with them. Now, I can't remember what year it was. It may have been 2012. But uh, you was here in Paraguay, Arkansas. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was there a couple times, I think. Yeah, yeah it was the uh, big show. They had Austin Idol there and you and Austin Lane had worked, and I think it was a started off as a battle roll or something. Yeah, I think it did. Yep. I mean, I when I when I saw you come out, I was like, <laughs> I sit there, I started elbowing my mom because she wanted to go because she was a big Austin Idol fan. I was like, Mom, I said that's Jerry Lane, Lynn. Jerry Lynn. I'm sorry, and she uh, she's like, okay. I said, I, I said. And she's like, okay, because I'm like sitting there all excited. I was like, him and Austin Lane are fixing to tear this place down. <laughs> well, I hope we did. Yeah, yeah I mean, did. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've worked with uh, Austin a couple times, and he's very smooth and easy to work with. Oh, yeah, I've worked with him several times. Yeah, he's, he's always been fun to wrestle. So do you have any more 
road stories that you could tell us? That stick out there for you? Uh, the problem is I need about two dozen people to help me remember them. <laughs> Golly. I know that feeling, brother. Uh, oh, I can tell you this one. It was uh, when I was uh, in Ring of Honor, and I was still working on quite a few independents, and I was at a, me and a couple friends, Sean Schultz and his Tony Lucasio, his manager, we did a show out in East Tennessee. And we were in the locker room getting ready. I was taping up my ankles and I had the Ring of Honor championship at the time. So and I had the belt with me and I set it on the, you know, I opened up my suitcase, set the belt up on the suitcase and I started taping my ankles and getting dressed. And I didn't know who I was wrestling yet. And this guy comes up and he says, yeah, he says, we're working tonight. And I said, okay, and I'm, you know, asking them the usual questions, how long you've been wrestling, are you a heel, are you a face? And then I asked them, uh, I go, what's your finish? And he says, you ever watch Ring of Honor? And I look at my buddies, and they're about ready to bust out laughing, they're like holding it in. And I look at the belt, I look up at him, I look at the belt, and I was just in shock. And I didn't know what to say. I, I So I just said, yeah, I try and catch it once in a while. And uh, <laughs> he says, he says uh, well, you know what Tyler Black is? And I just got done wrestling him the prior weekend. You know, and I've wrestled him quite a bit before even Ring of Honor. And uh, I said, yeah, he does that cradle thing. He goes, yeah, that's it. And I was just, I was just, I was just in such shock, I didn't know what to say to the guy. And I, I what I should have said was, I should have picked up the belt and said, do you think this is a toy or something? <laughs> I don't know. But it, it was, you, you, you hear it all. Just when you think you've heard it all, they'll come up with something else. Right. So when did you, re you retired? Twenty Exactly 25 years later, right? From entering competition? It, it was like yeah, 25 years to the month. So it was in... Uh, uh, my retirement show is March 23rd of 2013. And who was that last match with? That was a four-way with guys I had changed with early in my career. So lucky they were still last month. That's awesome. It was uh, this horse psychopath, J.B. Trask, who was uh, Kenny Sockbuster J's nephew, and X-Pac. Oh, okay. That's cool. So we, we had a four-way and got silly with chairs and ladders and tables and you name it. That just went crazy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> got to go out right. Now, we watched uh, All In, and we got to see you uh, referee. It explain, tell us about the experience of, uh, at All In. Oh, All In was amazing. It was, well, when I first heard that uh, the park and Cody were, Something. Uh, I, I knew it was going to be something special, so I, I I went down to Ring of Honor here in Nashville when I came by, and I talked to the Bucks, and I asked them, I said, boy, do you think I could uh, be a ref on the show for a match? And they said, well, sure, they said, give Cody a call. So I called Cody, and he was all for it, so uh, I was glad they let me be on it. I was honored. I mean, it was, and that night was amazing. I was, you know, they so 
put out over, what was it, over, was it over 11,000 people. Yeah. Packed, and it was a hot crowd, hot for everything. It was just amazing. It was the first and only time since I retired that I missed wrestling. Uh, I wish I was actually wrestling still. Because normally people ask me, do you miss wrestling? I'll say no, because um, my body shot. And that's why I had no choice in retiring. My body said it was done. How many injuries have you had throughout your career, Jerry? Uh, enough where I should have built them all down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I would have saved every x-ray, every CAT scan, every MRI. I would have framed them all and had lights behind them, and I would have had the Hall of Shame, the Hall of Pain. There you go. <laughs> and hung them all up on the wall. But there's a lot. I've broken both my feet, both my ankles, both my hands. I've fractured my right pelvic bone and torn the ab where it fractured. I've uh, hyperextended and dislocated my right arm and the elbow and tore the tricep. And um, I've had my right knee, had surgery on that because I tore the patella tendon. Uh, I had my left shoulder, had to get a surgery on that to get a tendon reattached and a rotator cut. Uh, lower back, I had a ruptured disc that I wanted to take a chunk of disc out. Uh, mm-hmm. My neck, we had to replace three discs and place the screw the four vertebrae back together. Uh, had my left hip replaced and now January 9th I'll be getting my right hip replaced. Oh and my, my nose, I couldn't tell you how many times my nose has been broke. So I'm hoping Later on this next year, I'll get my nose fixed too. Are you sure you're not done wrestling? <laughs> right. I'm positive. He says, the hell with that. Wow. I'll tell you how many times I've been put in the hard way and stitches and Yeah, I've, uh, I had my five little stitches from Handsome Jimmy Valiant and. I hurt my back one night where I couldn't walk out of the out of the ring, and I thought that was the most horrible thing that ever happened. Yeah. Now that just sounds like a band aid to you. There's always been a few times where I had to get wheelchaired through the airport to the plane and onto the gate, but um, so that's not fun. But you know, it, it, it is what it is. I. It, it's hard to explain. I always said you got to be off center to be a pro wrestler for a living because the human body wasn't made for it. Exactly. And when you say, oh, that's fake. I say, well, you know, it, the physicality is all too real. I say, if it was fake, I could still be doing it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's been nine years since I've really done it. And. I wouldn't change anything in the world. I love I love wrestling, and I loved getting in there and doing it every you know every weekend that I was there, weekend and week out. You know, I was ready to go and have a good time, and that was life. You know, work Monday through Friday, wrestle on Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah, sometimes Sunday. I always wanted to do the uh, wrestle the whole week thing. The closest thing to that was uh, I had a Thursday show in Little Rock. Broke the ring. We were like the third match. We broke the ring. And then Friday night in Osceola, 
then a Saturday night in Blavo, then Sunday night in Dixie. And <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, the uh, schedule for Memphis was pretty grueling uh, and a lot of driving, a lot of miles on the car because you're working, you know, six, six days a week. Yeah, it was like Memphis on Monday, Louisville on Tuesday, Evansville Wednesday, and yep, and then a couple spot shows, and then Saturday morning live TV in Memphis, and Saturday night at the Fairgrounds in Nashville. Right. Yeah, it was always somewhere to go back in them days. Oh yeah, go go go. Well, Jerry, I really appreciate you calling and doing the podcast with us, man. It's but it's an honor for us, and we before, really appreciate it. Before we go, I want to share a story with, with you. I met Jerry, and he may not remember it. He was working Austin, and I believe we were either in Newport or Tuckerman at a gym. And, of course, you know, me being me, I was I was probably 16 or 17 at the time when I was riffing. I was nervous as hell because it was Jerry Lynn. Austin said, he's, he's cool. <laughs> Do what? No shit. I was worried as shit, though, because I was like, it's Jerry Lynn, dude. It's, it's Jerry freaking Lynn. And I was just, you know, I was doing that panic thing like I do when I get my anxiety going. And Austin's like, just go shake his hand and talk to him. He's cool as shit, you know. And so I walk up. I'm like, hi, Jerry. I'm Biscuit. And he starts laughing because of my name because everybody called me Biscuit. And, uh. Cool as shit. We sit there and, and talked for a minute. They went over their match with me and gave me the finish. And hell of a fucking match, man. I was blowed up afterwards. <laughs> they went out there and tore the house down. It was, it was a packed house. And then uh, a few weeks later, they brought Kevin Nash into work. You remember that one? I remember that. Yeah. They, uh, which I didn't get to ref that one because I had actually broke my ankle in a four-wheeler accident the next day after the Jerry Lynn match with Austin. But that was a hell of a way to meet him. And as a matter of fact, um, I do believe I have an autographed picture from Jerry at the house in the box. I've got a, I think so. We'll have to put that on the, uh, the Facebook page. Yes, we will. I dig through the box. But like he said, Jerry, it has been a, a fantastic honor to, to have you on our show. It, it means the world to us. And man, you've had a hell of a career. Thank you. Uh, did you have fun during our match? Oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. Well, good. That's the main thing. I'm glad you had fun. I stood back and watched a lot of it, and I just, I was like, man, I hope one day when I start wrestling, I can be as good as these guys. And, you know, it, sometimes I was I was pretty decent and, and could do pretty good, but then I had some back and neck problems, and I had to slow down, and then I had to retire because I've got uh, spinal stenosis in my neck and, and pinched nerves and stuff, and there's not really much they can do for it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Once you once you mess up your spine, that's a whole check that out that's awesome yes definitely and we'll keep plugging that for y'all to help y'all get your name out there and maybe we can get if you can get in touch with mikey to get him on here he can come on and do an interview and plug it yeah let him know that'd be awesome to get mikey on here 
I was a fan of his. I loved how they did him. Do what? Mike's hilarious. I bet he's got some stories. I used to love him in ECW. I loved how they did him. Oh, yeah, he's got a ton of stories, and I don't know how he remembers them all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been hit the head more than me. Right. But, if yeah. I have one question, and I, and I don't ask this one very often, but I'm going to ask it of you. If right. if the money was right and and there was a dream match, who would your dream match be if you could come back? I just put that out on my Twitter. Someone asked me that question. And it would be hot stuff Eddie Gilbert. Oh, man. That would be awesome. That would be. I love Eddie. There you go. Plug anything you got, man. If you've got a website with t-shirts for sale, plug it. That's that's the whole goal here. Plug anything you want to plug, brother. Awesome, man. We wish y'all the best of luck on on y'all what y'all do and hope that podcast kicks up like this one has. I mean, we've really surprised how we've done so far in this one. <laughs> man, we started in we started in July and within what was it like three weeks of, of podcasting, we had already reached Canada and the UK and then a couple of weeks later we're up to like a twenty thousand listeners. Now we're over 30. Yeah, now we're over like 30,000 listeners. And we were on a – dude, it's awesome. It is. And we were on a live feed. We did a live feed on our Facebook page. And one of our listeners from Pakistan was actually watching our live feed. And was we were doing some Q&A with him. And he asked some questions and stuff. It was really cool. Oh, wow. It's been pretty we'll be awesome. Having, hopefully ours will pick up. We're going to be having, you know, guests. We'll probably have to be having uh, – well, of course, some other ECW guys on there, like Lance Storm and, and probably, who knows, Sandman, Tommy Dreamer. But, and it's, uh, we're not, uh, I'm trying to think how we even describe it. When we were talking about putting this together, Mikey said he wanted it to be like Howard Stern, but without the sex and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Mikey and I get together, we kind of turn into Beavis and Butthead, so I'm sure there'll be some fart jokes. We know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want, send me that link, uh, and uh, we'll put. We'll, I'll post it on our page and everything for y'all and everything. All right, we'll do. Just remember, it's called promo material. That's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to hear it, man. All right. I listen to podcasts at work all night, and it's it it gets me through the night. <laughs> me too. It's. It's going to be awesome. I hope y'all takes off. We'll put it over on the show for y'all, and we'll put it out on Twitter for y'all. And when this one gets posted, I'll tag you in it on Twitter so that you can you can share it with everybody. Great. 
that that way you can help us out and when y'all post yours i'll, I'll share y'all's and help y'all out okay will do thank you jerry we appreciate it oh my pleasure man it's, it's been an honor all right thanks a lot thank you sir you have a great day you too bye ladies and gentlemen that was the former ecw heavyweight champion former wwf light heavyweight champion god the list goes on this man was fantastic amazing and that was a hell of an interview uh that's one of the biggest we've done. I mean, we've had Chase Stevens on, and I love Chase. Got all the, all the respect and love in the world for Chase Stevens and what he's done and how he's changed himself in this business. But Jerry Lynn was one of the be-all, end-all. He innovated the lightweight division. He was so so coordinated. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to put him over without putting him over <laughs> too much. But, man, he uh, – it was great. He was, he, he's a really nice guy down to earth. And, oh, hell yeah. He, uh, I mean, y'all could tell that. And hell of a wrestler. I'm great glad he was able to give us that time. To, he took time out of his busy schedule to do that for us, and we really appreciate it. With that said, we want to thank our sponsors, CollarNoblebrand.com, code CCWA29, saves you 10% off all merchandise. Once again, that website is CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Go over and check it out. They've dropped a new seasonal set. They've got some pretty nice-looking shirts on there. They've redone the Support Your Local Wrestler to where it has the, uh, I think, the Enforcer-looking boots or some shit. They're red and white. It's really cool. I think I'm going to have to buy me a new one. Um but go over and check out CollarNumbleBrand.com. Code CCWA will save you some money and it will help us out with our podcast. I'm not going to beg you to go buy a damn shirt, but I'm going to tell you, if you don't go buy a damn shirt, you're not a friend. <laughs> I'm yeah. on a roll. Be Come friendly. on, guys. Be friendly. Go buy a damn T-shirt and help us out. Help Al Snow out. Or get on here and donate some damn money so we can help out some charities and so we can buy some new equipment so we can make this podcast better. We want to make some more intros and edit some more stuff. Um Speaking of making things interesting, what the hell kind of cage is that on this shit that we're watching? I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. That was a hell of an interview with the uh, the new effing show, Jerry Lynn. For Titanic, I am Gabriel Devine. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Locals. <laughs>